Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Uh, Welcome to your show, Fruit for Your Soul. I'm your spiritual life coach, your host, Cardelia Reed. Uh, Thank you for tuning in and listening today. Um, You know, I talked on the last show about the Holy Spirit, and this has been the season of discussing love and relationships. And so I started out with the relationships with the Holy Spirit and how out of that relationship flows all the relationships in life. And so the last episode, I gave a personal testimony, and I want to continue that on this episode and then transition over into relationships. And so I know that's probably going to take a few, but I want you to understand the power and the impact of everyday people like you and I have when we have such a powerful relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I know on my last episode, I talked about angelic encounters and This is just exactly where I am right now at this point in my life and just how amazing it is. It's just so amazing. Uh, You know, I literally, because of my experience and I talked about how God has turned so everything around in my life that I used to think that the devil used for bad when it came to supernatural, uh, just feeling things more in the spiritual and the devil, the distractions were horrible with demonic behavior. But he's turned it around so that now I feel a lot of and feel and see a lot of angelic activity, um, and I probably feel more than I do see it. However, sometimes in the middle of the night, the Holy Spirit loves to send me songs. So I may get up in the middle of the night, and I'll hear a lot of songs in my head, love songs, and just songs the Holy Spirit is speaking back to me, and it's just it's so beautiful. But and sometimes I can hear other things that are not songs. So lately, I would say the last couple of months I've been hearing Catherine Coleman, Catherine Coleman, Catherine Coleman in the middle of the night. Nothing I intentionally think about throughout the day. And um I was thinking last year when I first moved to California, I want to say maybe about what, six months after that, I wanted to kind of visit her grave only because it just seemed like a very nice thing to do. Um I've never been to Forest Lawn Cemetery, uh, but I was thinking, oh, it's probably a good thing to go visit her grave. I just kind of nudge from the Holy Spirit to do that, right? But I never did it because there was someone that was going to go with me and the Holy Spirit said that wasn't the right person to go to the grave with, all right? Which actually sounds kind of real, to go visit her grave, okay? <laughs> and um, so I hear Catherine Quimman and then one day I was actually at the studio and I was talking to um, someone who's very close to me, who's mentoring me right now. And he said to me, the Holy Spirit is telling me that we should go to Catherine Coleman grave and, and I should take you there. And I was like, really accompany you there. I take you accompany something like that. And I said, really? He said, yes. I said, that's so amazing because I've been hearing her name a lot. I've been hearing the Holy Spirit say her name. And he's like, oh my gosh, let's go today. So we had so much warfare trying to get there, which I'm going to spare you. But so much, the enemy was trying to discourage us from going there. Okay. We ended up going to the wrong place and the right place. And um, I don't know, it just went back and forth. Either way, um, at, at the Forest Lawn in L.A., they said, well, she's buried at the one in Glendale, but you may not want to go today because it was after four o'clock. You may not want to go today because there's mountain lions. There's all kinds of the ground is wet. You know, it's kind of late. You may want to wait till tomorrow. And we said, no, we're going to go ahead and go today. Went back to the one in Glendale because we went there initially and we couldn't we didn't see the cemetery, which is crazy because it's pretty big. Got there and I asked for the location of her grave and the attendant said it's private and so i said well can you tell us the area she said no we can't it's private so i said okay well we're just gonna let the holy spirit lead us there 
and I really meant it. Uh, and sure enough, that was the faith. We stepped out on that faith and the confidence that we had. And Forest Lawn is a massive cemetery. It's, it's like, it's a city out there. So I'm driving and driving and driving. The Holy Spirit leads me all the way through and up the hill. And I looked at my friend and I said, hey, the Holy Spirit says it's right there. It's located right over there. He said, hey, I think you're right. So he went and parked the car. We kind of walked a good little ways. But we were going towards where we thought the Spirit was leading us. Literally, the Spirit was leading us in a certain direction. So we kind of parked the car on one side and we started walking towards the right. And um, be- before I know, I saw these big iron doors staring at me. And I'm like, oh, you know, and the Holy Spirit said she's right over there behind those doors. That's where she's buried. But out of the crystal blue, and once again, this is probably somewhere between 4.30 and 5 o'clock now, getting close on the 5 o'clock side. So it was kind of getting a little dim. The sun was getting ready to go down, but it wasn't dark or anything. It was still daylight, but it was later. And out of the crystal blue, from that direction, two people start walking towards us. It was a guy and a girl, and they they looked younger. And they were looking at every single grave while they were walking towards us, but they kept their eyes on us the whole time. So they're walking towards us and they said, hey, what are you looking for? And I said, well, we're looking for uh, Catherine Coleman's grave. I said, well, all you have to do is put her name in the search um, in the search function on the Forest Lawn website, which we didn't know anything about that. So I couldn't use my phone because I had one bar. So he said, hey, you can use my phone. And something about this interaction just started to feel very surreal to me. And uh, so we put her name in on his phone and she pops up. He goes, oh, she's right over there behind that door the garden of memory i said oh my gosh right over there and those were the doors that were just i told you i felt they were just staring at me and he said yes yes she's right over there and they start saying things about the graves that they were looking at and the graves that they were looking at were nowhere in the area that we were in and they were like much older celebrities that they were claiming and one of them i didn't know was a celebrity that they were talking about but either way they were saying they were looking at some graves which made it just kind of like wasn't matching the situation. So they went to the left and we went to the right. And once again, there's no one around but me and my friend. And so we actually go to, oh, by the way, before we even got closer to that area, he said to us, you know, you can't get through the door because you need a key, but there's a back entrance. If you go in through the back entrance, you may be able to get closer. So we said, okay, we start walking in that direction. And I told my friend to wait. I'm going to walk further down, further down uh, to see if I can find the back door entrance, you know, real quick. But it was a lot further down than I expected. So I'm walking and walking and walking. Let the spirit lead me. Then I see this big sign with an arrow pointing towards the doorway. Like the door's right there. The door's right there. And I waved it toward my friend. And I said, hey, hey, come down, come down. And he said, well, I knew you were going to find it. So we're walking in there. And all of a sudden, we're looking at these different graves. We found she was not in there, actually. But we were close to where she was. And what I understand when she was alive, the anointing would be so strong, you could feel it for blocks when she had her services. And it was the same thing at the gravesite. The anointing was so strong that we sat there and we prayed. And so I held my hands out while we were praying. And I felt a tangible palm touch my palm it was like a handprint touched my hand it was very tangible it was very obvious and there was no denying it and I was telling my friend that so we we're still praying in the spirit praying then I felt a hand grab my hand and just hold it the entire time and then as we were praying he was praying over me and I went out under the anointing and it just felt like Ephesians 2 6 just seated with God in heavenly places it felt like something was just so not real it felt so heavenly and serene 
And we started walking back towards the car, just feeling very satisfied, like, you know, we've accomplished things. And the Holy Spirit said, oh, by the way, there are mountain lions up here, but don't worry, I will protect you. And it just seemed like it took forever (laughs) for us to get back to the car. I will say this, on the drive home, the Holy Spirit confirmed the two people that we saw were angels. And he said, I sent those angels to help you know that I led you to the right area to confirm that you were in the right area. And, you know, that made sense because nothing they were saying was kind of matching the situation. And the people they said they were looking for would not have been at every single grave when they were walking towards us. So it was actually pretty amazing that um, that happened. But it was so serene. I kept having flashbacks even hours after that I was still in the in the area where her grave was. It was just so different. I'd never experienced anything like that before in my life. And so I will tell you that that night I um I went to bed and as I was getting ready to go to bed, my husband walked out the door and he said he's getting ready to go play his video games because I was going to sleep kind of early. And when he walked out the door, I heard him call my name again. And like he was still in the door, but I, I looked up and he was not in the room. He was nowhere around. So I'm thinking, that's really strange. And then in a few minutes, I heard my daughter walk towards the door, grumbling like she was having a bad dream, which she kind of does that sometimes, not all the time. But I walked outside the door and she wasn't there. I walked in her room. She was sleeping. And I audibly heard this. So the next day I asked my husband, was that him calling me? He said no. And then it goes back to um, the calling uh, that I have on my life. And I, I, you know, just hearing someone call your name, I just felt that was definitely, that was definitely, that was definitely the Lord. I just, I would have never guessed that when it happened because it felt so normal. Like it was my husband talking to me. Uh, so it was just really interesting. And the last thing that happened, just hearing things differently, just coming back from that, that experience, because I have not been the same. This was probably about three weeks ago. I have not been the same since this experience. I was um, one night getting up again to go to the bathroom, as you normally do in the middle of the night. As I got back in the bed, I frantically heard my daughter run in the room and call my name and say, Mom. And I jumped up because it startled me and I looked around. She was nowhere to be found. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, what in the world? So I'm thinking nothing was going but in the room but my husband's snoring. So maybe that was his snoring that I heard. But it wasn't. It was unmistakably her because I went back to sleep two hours later. She wakes up in this. I wake up, excuse me, two hours later. She bursts in the room the same way I heard her two hours before. She goes, Mom. And she says, my son is sick. He's throwing up. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And the Holy Spirit said, didn't you just, you knew this was going to happen. You just heard it two hours before. So that is what I'm saying. That is a clear testimony example of what it's like to be obedient and to be led by the Holy Spirit. And God just take us to places that we could never, ever imagine. And, you know, I, I, I tell you, I have so many examples, but I'm going to keep it very simple. But this is just an example of what my life is not. So every single day something happens that's very similar to that. And so, um, you know, yesterday I was sitting in my bathroom. I have a chair there where I just sit down sometimes and relax. It's a great place to be, especially when you have younger kids. So I'm sitting there and I'm praying in the spirit, praying in the spirit. And my eyes are closed and I feel all the little tangible touches of angels just touching me. And it's such a wonderful feeling of peace and comfort. So I'm feeling that while I'm praying in the spirit. And then I vividly see this light come in the room and I just know someone's there. I can feel them. I felt them when they walk in, when they walked in, like a very 
big presence of an angel, not just one angel this time, because I felt the touches, but I feel an obvious presence there. All right. And so I'm thinking, this is it. I'm going to open my eyes. and I'm going to actually see an angel standing here that I would have never, you know, you wouldn't guess someone be standing here in your house like that, but it's obviously a heavenly supernatural angel. So I opened my eyes. I didn't see anything. But the very next day on my counter, my vanity sink was a very long white hair. I mean, crystal white. And it was a t- kind of a tough hair. And there's nothing. And I, I thought about it. I said, I have nothing in my house that fits this description. I don't have um, any weave or a wig or anything. Because that's the first thing my mind goes like, there's nothing I have that could match this. And then I thought about the encounter I had the prior day, because normally angels will leave things, you know, especially when they want you to know that they're there. And it was very obvious it was there, but the hair was amazing. So I took the hair and I put it in the bag and I said, oh my gosh, I um, I don't want to lose this. I, I don't want to lose this at all. Now, as far as that, these are just what it's like. And I think that um, some people may find this a little too much. And I find that when you think that it's too much, it is a fear of not understanding how the Holy Spirit is a comfort towards us and how we get to a point that we were always meant to do this. We were always meant to be seated with God in heavenly places because this earth is not our permanent home. Heaven is. So we get to the point where we honestly just don't, it's just more walking in the spirit. We just don't see things on the earth the same way that everyone else sees them because we have such a close relationship with the Holy Spirit who dwells in the supernatural. And then we he takes us from the natural into the supernatural with him and we start experiencing everything in the supernatural. So that's how my life is on a daily basis. The last example, these are very recent examples. Literally last night, I had a dream. I've always been a dreamer. I had a dream that I was walking up to my car and it was dark outside. I was walking up to my car and someone noticeably tried to steal it. And the only reason why I know because of how they stick a device down through your windowsill to unlock the door. And they actually left the device there. So they couldn't steal it for whatever reason. And so I remember when I saw that, I was thinking, that's right. I'm protected from someone stealing my car. I don't have to worry about that. So that's why they couldn't steal it, right? I wake up the next morning. And literally, believe it or not, I was recording my prior podcast and someone rang the doorbell. I didn't hear it. My husband told me about this after I completed the podcast. He said the couple across the street came over and said their car was stolen last night. And they wanted to know if we saw anything or if we got anything on camera. And it dawned on me. I said, oh my gosh, I had a dream last night that my car was stolen. And the Holy Spirit, yes. And he said to me, yes, I'm reminding you, that was across the street. You don't have to worry about these things. And see, and naturally, someone would think, they go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that's too close to home. I don't want anyone telling my stuff, but I'm not even concerned. Because he had already showed me in the dream, I don't have to worry. Now, I don't know any man, any person that can give you that kind of comfort and protection. No one can help you like that. And, you know, I I was just thinking when I was driving here today, I have all kinds of conversations with people and I love people. I love people. That's just who I am. I'm a very gregarious person. That's who God made me to be. And I think about a lot of things that we do in this world to make us happy when it comes to relationships. You know, when it comes to taking pictures with celebrities and, uh, you know, showing off things that we have and titles and money and all kinds of stuff. And 
when I compare that to this, what the Holy Spirit gives us, there's no comparison. None of that stuff will ever make me feel better. Has it ever made me feel better? So I look at that with a grain of salt because all of that is going to blow up when this world blows up. It's not even permanent. And those are the kind of things you have to look at when you look at your reasons as to why you want to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you uh, that it is worth uh, the sacrifice. You know, I remember when I first got into ministry and I remember someone who had been in ministry for like 30 plus years saying, you know, people don't want to go into ministry because of the sacrifice. And I do understand that when you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, uh, you're taking things to a whole new level because you're going to you're dedicating your life to a supernatural, tangible, tangible force that's within you. And you're claiming everything that you are created to be because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So you're claiming, you're holding on to that and you're, you're a light for that. And you are literally um, an advocate for the kingdom, the, the, the body of Christ. And, and she said, well, some people just don't want to sacrifice. And I was thinking to myself, I guess that is true. But then we have to think about what the sacrifice is, right? Because the sacrifice may come from, okay, there are things I like to do. Some people are accustomed to getting drunk. And they say, you know what? I can give you everything you need. You just don't need to be drunk anymore. You know? And then the truth is, once you have this relationship, you don't even feel the need to get drunk anymore. Because you're so knocked off your feet by everything you have with him. The reason why it's so difficult for so many people to have this kind of relationship is because they're so caught up in all the lies the enemy has given them about their life, their lives. The, all the lies that he said, all the bad experiences, um, even major incidents that have happened in this world that have called massive groups of people to die. People are looking for explanations on that. And one thing I can tell you is, that is what the Holy Spirit is for. There's nothing you can't talk to him about because he will lead you to where to go in the Bible to help you get a better understanding of things. The Bible repeats itself over and over and over again with certain stories and certain situations. So like the spirit of Je- the story of Jezebel, well, people encounter Jezebel all over all the time, depending on their gifts. And, you know, you have something that Jezebel is trying to take away from you. Those are the kind of things when I say repeat itself. So you look to the Bible for those things because his word is him. It represents him wholeheartedly. His word represents you. So at the end of the day, there's an answer. There literally is an answer for everything except the things that only he can tell you. And he can show you those things in visions, dreams, or whatever. Now, that's a very personal, um, customized situation because some people may want answers for wars. Some people want answers for why they were they abused when they were growing up. It just depends on what it is. One thing I can promise you, you cannot get an answer from the enemy. You will get um, what I call uh, a facade, a facade of what the answer should be, because that world imitates the supernatural world. So I just want to encourage you before I end this, um, this particular podcast, this episode, to just get into alignment with what you want in life. Try to understand why you're not having the success that you want to see and think about what kind of dedication and time commitment you can give to your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, You know, I, I would love to hear from you. 
um, love at cardelia.com, love at C-A-R-D-E-L-I-A.com. And this ends, the, the, this is the four-part series. So this is like part four of a personal testimony with the Holy Spirit. Um, this ends that particular four-part series. Now, the next, because it's still on love and relationships, the next episode will talk about relationships 101. And with that, um, you know, we're going to talk about being single. We're going to talk about what God has for you, uh, how the how to um, bring the Holy Spirit into the single part of your life. One thing I have noticed in the body of Christ, um, we talk about um, the Bible, we talk about our relationship with the Holy Spirit, we talk about love, but one of the things we don't talk about is how do you express and give that love in relationships to others? You know, um, people, they'll have like a marriage ministry, they have a singles ministry, but how do you bridge all that together so the singles can get married? You know, if you don't talk about that in the body of Christ, you know, if you don't talk about it regularly, excuse me, they do talk about it, but not as regularly as they should, because people still sometimes sit out there in the audience uh, in church, for example, and they're single with question marks over their heads. So the question is, how do I apply that right now? So if you're a person, let's just say, for example, you're someone, you just slept with someone, you fornicated last night. I'm, I, I can't think of a better example. <laughs> So you participated in some type of act of fornication. So the answer, and then you're not feeling too good about the person either. You know, you, you want to do it with the person. You don't like the relationship, but you know, you, you're, you bury, you're attached to that person. All kinds of stuff that happens when you're sinning and when you're in relationships that's technically uh, situations that are not of God. Now, you know, the one thing I know the church does is sometimes they criticize that and just say, don't do that, don't do that. And that's, that is not the kind of God we serve. We serve a God of grace. We serve a God of forgiveness. So you have to forgive your, you have to repent, forgive yourself and bring God in and say, tell the Holy Spirit, I can no longer do this by myself. I need you to come in and do it for me because the temptation is too great. And he will. You just have to be dedicated and committed and also consistent with your time with him. So that is when we talk about sacrifice, that's pretty much what we mean. And that's where I'm going to go next on my <laughs> Relationships 101. We talk about love, how to display that love in our interactions with others and with life uh, so that people are not no longer suffering when it comes to relationships. And that is something I see a lot in the body of Christ. And we're going to tackle that in the next episode. Love you. Thank you for listening. Jesus loves you. And so do I. Talk to you next time.